What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And on this episode, I'm going to be giving you guys my reaction to the college football semifinal games. Alabama defeated Cincinnati. Georgia took down Michigan. We have a rematch of the SEC championship game, Alabama, Georgia, and the rematch, everything on the line for the national championship game. Now, if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you go ahead and follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. And lastly, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. Alabama defeated Cincinnati 27-6 in the first college football semifinal matchup of this season. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was really impressed with the way Cincinnati played in this game, at least on the defensive side of the football, because this was probably the most entertaining semifinal matchup that we've seen this year. We all thought that Michigan and Georgia was going to be a phenomenal game. We all saw how that game turned out. It was a blowout. It wasn't close. Meanwhile, you look at this Cincinnati-Alabama matchup, there were many people out there, I would say about 90% of people out there, who felt like Alabama was not only going to beat Cincinnati, but they were going to beat them and put at least 40, maybe 50 points up on the board. And I was really surprised with how the Bearcats defense performed in this game, like, I know you look at the final score and it's going to say it wasn't close, but there was a stretch in this game from the first quarter to the third quarter where Cincinnati's defense really carried this team. And it's unfortunate that Cincinnati wasn't able to generate much offense because one, they didn't have the offensive line that's capable enough to hold up up front against the front seven of Alabama. And two, they were lacking elite playmakers on the outside. Now, the biggest question that we all had about Cincinnati was going to be, okay, if this game is closed going into the fourth quarter, which, you know, they still had a chance to win this game going into the fourth quarter. It was only six to 17. So Cincinnati still was was in this thing they got to the fourth quarter now that they have enough horses to find a way to pull off the upset they didn't and the reason why was because their offensive line struggled all game trying to protect Desmond Ritter and even when Desmond Ritter had a little bit of time to throw the football his wide receivers weren't really creating all that separation so for Cincinnati did they belong in the college football playoffs this year yes they did I when you look at how this game played out like Cincinnati's defense was on fire this definitely looked like one of the best four teams in college football I feel like they deserve to be in now what does this vote for the rest of the G5 I don't really think it means that much in my opinion. Like, a lot of people keep saying Cincinnati proved that G5 teams can somewhat be competitive. Like, not really. You know, nothing has really changed. I mean, Cincinnati still lost. They still got dominated when it came to being able to stop the run. Like, Alabama literally didn't have to pass the football all that much. Even though they did try to pass the football, and Cincinnati's pass defense was pretty good in this game. But their run defense had no answer for Brian Robinson. And... 
my biggest key to victory for Cincinnati, if you guys watched my preview and prediction for this matchup, was going to be if Cincinnati was going to have a chance of pulling off the upset, they were going to have to be able to slow down the run game. And I didn't expect that to happen. I expect for Brian Robinson to have a big day on the ground. And boy, did he had 25 carries for 198 rushing yards. He was averaging nearly eight yards per carry like Cincinnati had no answer for him. But despite the fact that Cincinnati was unable to stop the run, surprisingly, they still were in this game until we got into the fourth quarter. And that's when Alabama started just to completely dominate Cincinnati. And that's where this game pretty much tilted all the way in Alabama's favor but I definitely feel like Cincinnati definitely did show a lot of people you know that this definitely was a team that deserved to be in they earned their playoff spot they gave a better fight in my opinion than Notre Dame did against Alabama the last time they played like I was really impressed and I'm really proud in how Cincinnati performed now what does this mean for the rest of the G5 not much and as a matter of fact there was somebody saying we probably won't see another G5 team get into the college football playoffs until it expands. Even if you expand the college football playoffs to eight or 12 teams, like you're still not going to get a G5 team in because you rarely see a group of five team like a Cincinnati or Boise State that's capable of making an argument for why they should be included in the college football playoffs. Teams like Cincinnati and Boise State probably only come twice a decade. So we probably aren't going to see another Cincinnati for the next couple of years. But Cincinnati's defense definitely impressed me. I didn't expect that their defense would be carrying them in this game. I thought that their offense was going to be able to carry them. I thought that this was going to be a high-scoring game. This was a pretty low-scoring affair. You look at all of the pressure that Cincinnati was able to get on Bryce Young. I was really impressed. But... But if their defensive line was just a little bit bigger, not even a little bit bigger, like they had more bigger and more athletic guys up front and they were able to find a way to slow down that run game, this game could have been even more closer. But Cincinnati's offensive line wasn't able to give Desmond Ritter all that much time to throw. There were a lot of Bearcats fans who said that Desmond Ritter was playing scared. I don't think Desmond Ritter was playing scared. Like, I mean, the dude pretty much had no time to throw the football. And when he did, his wide receivers weren't really getting all that open. Cincinnati, one thing that we definitely saw was how huge the talent gap was. And on top of that, they didn't have enough wide receivers who were skilled enough to create separation against Alabama secondary. Now, Alabama secondary was a little banged up in this game. But even despite the fact that Alabama wasn't, you know, at full strength in the secondary, they didn't really need to be because Cincinnati didn't even have enough time to throw the football enough to even take many shots downfield. Then in the second half, Cincinnati tried to get Desmond Ritter a little bit more involved in the ground game. That didn't really work all that much. At the end of the day for Cincinnati, very good season. Did they show that they can compete with the big boys? I mean, they show that they can, you know, somewhat be a little competitive for the first three quarters. But I don't really, I can't really say that Cincinnati showed us anything that they deserve well I can't say that Cincinnati 
showed me that they were good enough to, you know, be on the same stratosphere as Alabama, some of the blue bloods of college football. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to be in, but they still have ways to go until they get on the level of Alabama, Georgia, or the Ohio States of the world. And that all starts with being able to get more athletic and more talented guys up front on the line of scrimmage. Cincinnati's defense played very well in this game, but overall they weren't able to stop the run game. Their secondary played really good. Like Jamison Williams for the most part was pretty much held in check. Like he had eight receptions. Well, he had seven receptions. He was targeted eight times in this game. He only had 62 receiving yards, no touchdowns. Ja'Cory Brooks had a big touchdown, which pretty much, you know, was really big. And I can't say that Cincinnati really, you know, like pushed Alabama because for me to say that Cincinnati pushed Alabama, you would have to say that Cincinnati had a point during this game that you could have looked back upon and said, okay, like Cincinnati may be able to scare Alabama. Cincinnati may win this thing. There was never a point in this game when you felt like Cincinnati had a shot at winning this game. Like even from the opening drive when Cincinnati allowed Alabama to drive down the field and when Cincinnati answered back with a field goal after that drive, I still didn't really see any scenario when I was like, hmm, Cincinnati may have a shot at winning this thing. Like, I was just watching this game, and I was just like, okay, like, Cincinnati's in it, but they haven't really showed me that they can win it. So, I look at Cincinnati. Did they have a competitive football game? Somewhat, but at the end of the day, they didn't really have enough necessary talent up front to push this game into the fourth quarter. This was a good game for the first three quarters. Then in the fourth quarter, Alabama started to break away. Now, Bryce Young definitely had a okay showing. You know, he threw three touchdown passes. He had an interception. Cincinnati was getting some heavy pressure on him. A lot of pressure on him. My Jay Sanders was an absolute monster in this game. Number 21 for Cincinnati. He was a one-man wrecking crew on that defensive line. But if Cincinnati had a little bit more athletic, big man up front, then maybe they could have been able to slow down the run game. Another thing that hurt Cincinnati was the fact that they weren't able to make Alabama pay for mistakes. Like when Alabama had that botched punt that ended up getting recovered by Ja'Cory Brooks, like Cincinnati needed that. Like if you're going to beat Alabama, you're going to have to need some luck, especially if you are Cincinnati and you're going into this game with a talent disadvantage. So for Cincinnati, you weren't able to capitalize when Alabama made mistakes. Even when you got that interception on Bryce Young you weren't able to capitalize off that like anytime you play a team like Alabama you have to have a little bit of luck you also have to make them pay when they make mistakes Cincinnati wasn't able to do that on top of that Cincinnati also had mistakes on their behalf when it came to penalties like number 24 Cincinnati lost his composure in this game he had two costly penalties and when you're playing a team like Alabama you cannot let your emotions get the best of you like you have to be composed and calm and have your cool at all times and he definitely lost his cool he had a really critical penalty so for Alabama 
great win. This definitely was a really good Cincinnati team. I definitely believe that they deserve to be in. They were one of the best four teams in college football. I don't think there were any other teams that were behind Cincinnati that probably could have gave Alabama a competitive game. You probably could have said Ohio State or whatnot. But overall, Cincinnati definitely showed that they deserve to be in the college football playoffs for this year. And we know where they rank amongst, you know, the big boys in college football. They still have a way to go. But definitely, this game was somewhat competitive at some stretch. But we got into the full quarter, and that's what it was going to come down to. A lot of people didn't believe that Cincinnati was going to have enough horses to be able to pull off the upset because they didn't believe that they were going to be able to have enough talent to get it done in the fourth quarter. And that's what happened. So Alabama advances to the national championship game, defeating Cincinnati 27-6. But I'm really proud in how Cincinnati fall in this game because this game game. A lot of people expected this to be an Alabama manslaughter. Many people expected Alabama to put 40, maybe 50 points on Cincinnati, and it didn't happen. Their defense held strong. Imagine if their offense could have been way more consistent and could have put a little bit more points on the board and could have helped that defense out. Like, I thought that eventually in the second half, Alabama was going to end up popping 40 because I thought the defense was going to end up getting gassed. And even though their defense did get gassed at the end in the fourth quarter, like overall, their defense still did a very phenomenal job. If their offense could have gave them a little bit more help, maybe they could have played even better. But this was a very good showing from Cincinnati's defense, which the offense could have did a lot more. Overall, Alabama still shows us why they are the number one team in college football. They defeat the the Bearcats and advance to the national championship game. So next up, we have to talk about the Orange Bowl. And Georgia, not only did they win this game, but they dominated. They probably should have put um, a parental warning on this game for all viewing audiences out there. They probably should have said rated R because this game is going to be graphic. It's going to be gory. And boy, Georgia pretty much painted the Orange Bowl with Michigan's blood. And this game wasn't even close. And I was really disappointed because... Everybody was saying how this game was going to be one of the best semifinal matchups we've seen in a while, myself included. On top of that, I felt like both these two teams were pretty evenly matched going into this game. Alabama and Cincinnati was, we already knew that was a pretty big disadvantage when it came to the talent gap from Alabama to Cincinnati. But meanwhile, you look at Michigan and Georgia, they both have similar styles. They both have similarly constructed teams. At least we thought. And then Georgia comes in in the fourth, the first quarter. Stetson Bennett drives down the field. And I was really impressed with how Stetson Bennett played in this game. Like, Stetson Bennett has gotten a lot of criticism. A lot of people keep saying that he's not good enough to win a national championship for Georgia. I tip my hat off to Stetson Bennett in this game because he was something special. Three touchdowns, 213 passing yards, 20 or 30 passing. Like, he was the star of this game. And if you were to... If you somebody if somebody was to tell you that the reason why Georgia was going to win this game was going to be because of Stetson Bennett, you probably would have said, "Are you serious? Really?" Now, 
I'm not saying that to insult Stetson Bennett because I know Stetson Bennett would have had a solid performance. But if you were to tell me that Stetson Bennett was going to throw for 300, three touchdowns against Michigan's defense, I would have said you're crazy. Then I, then I would have asked you, I would have said, okay, so what did Georgia do on the ground? Like, did Georgia have a 100-yard rusher? Like, did Georgia have a crazy day on the ground? You're Somebody would have said, no, like Georgia was pretty good on the ground, but they didn't really need to run the football that much because they were so dominant throwing the football. Like Georgia's dominance in the passing game really surprised me. And not because Georgia doesn't have the weapons. We knew Georgia had more than enough talent to be able to have a solid passing attack. I just didn't know if Stetson Bennett was going to be good enough to get the ball out to those guys like Brock Bowers and George Pickens. But he proved me wrong. And I'm really excited to see what he does against Alabama. If he's going to end up having a better performance the second go around compared to what he did in the SEC championship game. I was really impressed. And also his mobility was on full display. There were a lot of times when he was rolling out the pocket, keeping plays alive, moving the chains with his legs. Like he was really frustrating. And on top of that, you got to give a lot of kudos and a lot of props to the offensive line of Georgia because they pretty much held Michigan's defensive line with David Ojabu and Aiden Hutchinson in check. They had no sacks. They pretty much weren't really in the backfield all that much in this game. Like you didn't really hear Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabu's name called all that much like Georgia's offense was just purely dominant and this was one of the best passing displays that I have seen from Georgia's offense against a marquee opponent in a very long time offensively Michigan they had to get away from their identity we already knew once Michigan got down um, by 14 the first quarter and that their offensive philosophy was going to have to change. I knew they were in trouble. They had no success at all on the ground game. Like Hassan Haskins only had 39 rushing yards. Um, J.J. McCarthy was their second leading rusher behind them. Blake Corn wasn't able to get nothing going. Like the rushing attack for Michigan was non-existent. And Georgia's run defense has been styled all year. Now where I went wrong at in my preview and prediction because I did pick Michigan to win. I'm not going to act like I didn't. And I was wrong about that. And what I went wrong at is because I felt like even if Georgia was able to shut down the rushing attack of Michigan, I thought that K. McNamara and that Michigan pass attack could still be good enough to get some things going because I didn't know if Georgia's secondary was all that great after what happened in the SEC championship game. But I was wrong. Kirby Smart and that Georgia defense definitely made some adjustments there because that secondary was lights out. K. McNamara wasn't really able to get nothing going. J.J. McCarthy came in in garbage time and got a little something going, but overall, it was just a one-sided affair from that Georgia defense and the Georgia offense. Defensively, they dominated They dominated them up front. They dominated time possession. Like, Michigan could never get anything going offensively. They could never get in rhythm, and Michigan... All this year, they've had so many big plays when they were generating like 50 plus yards, either a big run or they're catching somebody slipping, playing the run, and then they'll beat them over the top with play action. Like, you never saw that in this game. Like, there was never opportunity that Michigan had to attempt to beat Georgia over the top because when they did try to go play action, end up getting blown up by that Georgia defensive line. Like, the dominance in this game was on full display. K. McNamara got sacked four times 
if he wasn't able to escape out of a couple of them, he probably would have been sacked probably around eight or nine because that Georgia defensive line was on fire. And this looks like the Georgia team that we've been watching all season, dominating opponents, dominating teams. Like, my guy Juicelet was trying to tell me we overrated Georgia before the season, during the season. Like, no, we didn't. Like, Georgia was a good team. He was trying to say, well, Georgia didn't really play nobody else. Like, dude, like... Georgia played some of the same teams that Alabama played and beat them by a wider margin. Georgia dominated Arkansas, dominated Auburn, dominated Florida. Alabama struggled to beat Florida, struggled to beat Auburn, struggled to beat Arkansas, and Georgia pretty much handled those guys. The only team that really pushed Georgia around was Alabama. So Georgia got back to the team that we've been witnessing all year being purely dominant, and they did it in a different fashion. If you were to tell me that Georgia was going to dominate Michigan by throwing the ball at, at whenever with Stetson Bennett, I would have said you're crazy. Like, I did not see Stetson Bennett having this kind of performance. He had a performance for the ages. Like, he put on a brilliant display. He was accurate. He still had a play or two that made you go, okay, why would you throw that? But overall, Stetson Bennett was really impressive in this game. And you see why Kirby Smart, his offensive coordinator, have been riding and dying with him all year. You understand why. You see the mobility. You see the escapability. When things break down, to be able to get outside the pocket and pick things up with his legs. Like Stetson Bennett was phenomenal in this game. Georgia conquers, squashes, whatever you want to call this thing, massacres Michigan 34 to 11, and they will take on Alabama in the SEC championship. Well, in the rematch of the SEC championship game and the national championship game, when everything's on the line to see who's going to be crowned the number one team in the national championship game and college football or whatever you guys get what i'm trying to say so let me know your thoughts on this game down in the comment section down below if you're watching this on youtube make sure that you check out the jt sports podcast every single video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform apple podcast spotify podcast google podcast wherever you get your podcast from the jt sports podcast is available all you got to do is type in the jt sports podcast on any podcasting platform it should pop up Or you can go down to the description down below, scroll down a couple, and it will have all the links to the Apple and Spotify versions of the podcast. Make sure that you guys go ahead and check that out. And I will see you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I'm back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. The Cincinnati Bengals shocked the Kansas City Chiefs, defeating them 34-31 to to capture the AFC North Division crown for the first time since 2015. Now, if you guys watch my preview and prediction of this game, you guys know I'm smiling right now because I got a lot of backlash from Chiefs fans and a lot of NFL fans out there for picking Cincinnati to beat Kansas City. There are a lot of people in the comment section of that video claiming that I was doing it for views, I was doing it for clickbait, but I am really proud of Cincinnati and you know, during this game, when Cincinnati was down 14-0, I was like, okay, maybe I was tripping, maybe I was, you know, 
a little bit too high on Cincinnati going into this game. But Cincinnati fought back and they won this victory. And this was a well-deserved win. And going into this game, the reason why I picked the Bengals to win this matchup was because I felt like there definitely was a mismatch between the Bengals wide receiving core and the cornerbacks of Kansas City. Kansas City's cornerbacks have been inconsistent all year. They're not bad, but they're not great. They've been pretty up and down. And I felt like this was a matchup that Joe Burrow and this Bengals wide receiving core could exploit. And that happened. You saw Jamar Chase. He went absolutely bananas. He had 11 receptions on 12 targets for 266 receiving yards, three touchdowns. He could not be contained. On top of that, you know, the Bengals did allow four sacks against Cincinnati. Well, the Bengals did allow four sacks against Kansas City. Their offensive line definitely does concern me going into the playoffs. But one thing about Cincinnati that a lot of people don't talk about is that we harp on how their offensive line isn't all that great, but at the same time, they are battling with injuries. And also, even though they do give up a good amount of sacks, they make up for it because this is a team that is really good at generating chunk plays. So Cincinnati could end up giving up a sack on first down. They could end up in a second and 15 scenario or second and long or third and long situation. And they can still convert just because how great they are at generating big plays down the field. On top of that, Cincinnati's defense did a pretty good job at getting key stops. And that's all that you were looking for if you were a Bengals fan. You weren't expecting your defense to to come out and shut out the Kansas City Chiefs offense. All you were looking for was for your defense to step up in big moments and find critical ways to get off the field in big moments. And that's what you were able to do. On top of that, I felt like it was great clock management at the end of the game on Zach Taylor's behalf, deciding to try to chew a little bit of time off the clock. Now, they did get, you know, kind of fortunate to have that penalty at the end, which ended up giving them a new set of downs on the goal line. And that was the main reason why they won that game. On top of that, their kicker didn't blow the game like we've seen happen so many times throughout the NFL. And I'm just really proud of the Bengals. You know, the Bengals have definitely been the most surprising team in the NFL this year. I had them winning between six and nine games this year as my preseason prediction. My overall record prediction for Cincinnati was six wins. I didn't know if this offensive line would be capable, would be capable enough of helping this team be in the position that they are in now but hey they surprised me I was wrong it also helps that the division kind of has been down due to injuries Baltimore's whole team has been decimated Cleveland has been up and down due to injuries and whatnot but you have to give a lot of kudos to Zach Taylor Zach Taylor is a guy who got a lot of criticism last season there were a lot of people who felt like Cincinnati probably should move on from Zach Taylor I was on the opposite end. I was playing devil's advocate. I felt like Zach Taylor should at least get one more year because last year he showed that he can win without Joe Burrow. And if you have a coach that can win without their starting quarterback, that's not something that's easy to do. That's not something that's easy to replicate because if you're able to win without your starting quarterback, regardless of who the opponent is, that shows that you're good at adjusting. You're good at game planning and strategizing without your best player. And that's definitely a big reason why I was on the brainback. Zach Taylor trained for one more year and he definitely proved me right in that aspect because you look at 
how this Bengals offense has been all year, has been one of the best offenses in the league. The wide receiver position has been absolutely deadly. There were many people who felt like Cincinnati made a mistake taking Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater. And maybe you still can make the argument, you know, maybe they could have shored up the offensive line a little bit. But overall, Jamar Chase has probably been the offensive rookie of the year. Depends, you know, who you like more, either Mac Jones and what he's done with New England this year. He definitely has a strong case for the award. But you look at Jamar Chase, he has immediately came in and has been a top 10 wide receiver right off the rip. And he definitely has exceeded my expectations. Like, we probably knew that Jamar Chase was going to have a really good rookie season, but I don't think anybody expected him to produce on the magnitude that he has this season. He has went for over 200 yards in this game, and this isn't the first time that he's went for over 200. I believe he's done it another time as well, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he's just been really dominant, and it's very rare that you see a rookie wide receiver in their first year already burst onto the scene and make the argument that they could be a top five, top ten wide receiver in year one. The Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection was strong in LSU, and looks like they brought that LSU connection to the NFL, and it looks like this is going to be one of the best quarterback wide receiver tandems and the league on top of that you look at T Higgins he's also had some pretty nice performances this year look at Tyler Boyd probably the most underrated wide receiver in the league the most underrated slot receiver in the league He's kind of somebody who doesn't get enough praise because T. Higgins and Jamar Chase get talked about so much. But Tyler Boyd has also been really good this year. Joe Mixon has been really good on the ground for Cincinnati. Although he didn't have a big game against the Chiefs because they had to rely on the passing game. But he is a pro bowler. When he's able to stay healthy, he's one of the better backs in the league. So overall, this was a phenomenal performance by Cincinnati. For Kansas City, if you are of T fan how do you move on from this what's next well first you're going to need some help if you're going to hope to get that number one overall seed because now Tennessee currently is in possession of that number one overall seed and that's going to be really important for Tennessee because if Tennessee gets that first round by they allow Derrick Henry to get another added week of rest on top of next week so then come the divisional round, they're going to be fully healthy when it comes to Derrick Henry coming back. We also could see a couple of other players for Tennessee get back fully healthy. So Tennessee could be a dangerous team. And I know that I've harped on Tennessee a lot this year. I still don't believe they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. I feel like they're going to end up slipping up against somebody. But you look at Kansas City right now, I'm not shocked that they lost this game. I felt that it was going to end up coming because you saw this defense and this defense has improved ever since they went on that seven game win streak prior to this matchup but you got to remember that this was the same Chiefs defense that allowed the Chargers to move the ball up and down on the field against them when they played Thursday night now there were a lot of Chiefs fans who got mad at me for saying that statement saying that they were missing some of their best players on odd aspects you know Legereus Need didn't make it Chris Jones didn't play in that game but at the same time you know even if those guys did you just look at how inconsistent the Kansas City Chiefs secondary has been and it definitely was a big reason why the Bengals were able to win this matchup because it seemed like time in and time out every time the Bengals needed a big play no matter how many yards they were behind the chains they were able to get it so Congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals for winning the AFC North for the first time since 2015. I am excited to see what this team does moving forward. You guys let me know how you guys feel about the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Make sure that you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. All you got to do is go to any podcasting platform that you prefer, type in the JT Sports Podcast, and it should pop up. Or you can go down to the description down below and it will have one of the links to to either the Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. Also, make sure that you guys go ahead and leave a five-star review. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I'm back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. The Arizona Cardinals upset the Dallas Cowboys 25-22. to They stay alive in the division race for the NFC West title. It's going to come down to next week, week 18. The Los Angeles Rams are going to be playing the San Francisco 49ers. The Arizona Cardinals are going to be playing the Seattle Seahawks. So depending on what happens next week, the Arizona Cardinals could end up winning the division or finishing in second place behind the Rams. Now, we were all over this game. A lot of people are going to view this as an upset. Not us, because if you go back and you watch our preview and prediction, we had Arizona pulling off the upset, just like we had Cincinnati pulling off the upset against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, one of our biggest keys to victory for Arizona was going to be, was their defense going to be able to slow down the rushing attack of the Dallas Cowboys? Because if you go back and you look at the the majority of the losses that Arizona has suffered this year... They have came because they were unable to stop the rushing attack of the opposing teams that they were matched up against. Like, you remember the loss that they had against the Green Bay Packers earlier this season? Aaron Jones ran wild. Look at when it got upset by the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers had a phenomenal day on the ground. Same thing with the Detroit Lions. Same thing with the Indianapolis Colts. So, if Arizona was able to go into this game and slow down the rushing attack, of Dallas. They had a pretty good shot of winning this game, which they were able to do that. Ezekiel Elliott only had 16 rushing yards for nine carries. Tony Pollard only ran the rock three times. He only had nine rushing yards. So the run defense of Arizona was phenomenal in this game. And there are a lot of Cardinals fans going into this matchup who were like, Arizona doesn't have identity. Yes, they do. Arizona is not this finesse football team that a lot of people think they are. Like, a lot of people think that without DeAndre Hopkins, the Arizona Cardinals are nobody. That's not true because, first of all, the Arizona Cardinals have already won games with not only DeAndre Hopkins not playing, but they also have won games with both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins out. This is not a finesse football team like many people try to paint them out to be. Arizona is a physical football team. Arizona is playing their best football when they can beat you up front and they can slow down your rushing attack. And Arizona was able to do that in this game and it was the main catalyst for why they were able to pull off the victory. Now, Dak Prescott in Dallas had a very good day through the air. He was 24-38 for 226 passing yards, three touchdowns. He only got sacked one time, but I definitely feel like there were a couple of times when the pass rush of Arizona was able to get home. You remember when they ended up getting that fumble and then it got recovered, then it got fumbled again, and then Dallas fell on top of it like 
the pass rush for Arizona was more effective than what the stat sheet may indicate. Okay, but you look at Arizona offensively. Yes, they do have identity beyond DeAndre Hopkins. They have a lot of talent at wide receiver, which I don't understand why people try to make it seem like DeAndre Hopkins was the end-all, be-off, the wide receiver position for Arizona because they had Christian Kirk, who stepped up in this game. You had A.J. Green, who stepped up in this game. Zach Ertz, and then on top of that, you got wide receiver Antoine Wesley, who was really impressive in this game. He caught two touchdown passes. I am going to keep my eye on Antoine Wesley for the foreseeable future because I'm thinking about picking him up in my fantasy football draft for next season but Arizona played a very phenomenal game Kyler Murray bounced back and that was another key takeaway that I had going into this match it was going to be how is Kyler Murray going to perform because you look at the losing streak that the Cardinals were currently on before they won this game Kyler Murray didn't really play his best football he didn't really play that great against Indianapolis didn't play that great against Detroit he didn't play that good Monday night and their loss against the Los Angeles Rams so I was eager to see if Kyler Murray's cold streak was going to continue or if he was going to end up bouncing back and he bounced back in a major way on top of that he had some really critical runs on the ground, 44 rushing yards, nine attempts. So you look at this Arizona team, this was definitely a win that they needed. And they remind me a lot of the Pittsburgh Steelers from last year. Now, I'm not saying they're similar in terms of how they were constructed. I'm just saying they were similar in terms of what they went through around this time. Like Arizona was in a cold streak after starting out the season so hot. They kind of went cold during the month of December. Similar theme for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. Then they got around late November into the month of December and they went cold. But Pittsburgh got a very big win against the Indianapolis Colts. And I felt like Arizona going into this game was going to be in a similar situation where a lot of people were counting them out. A lot of people were riding them out. And that they were going to end up having a big upset victory when it looked like their season was kind of tilting in the wrong direction. And that they were going to end up beating the Dallas Cowboys similar to when Pittsburgh defeated the Indianapolis Colts similar time last year. Late in the year, they were in the middle of a slump and they got that big win over the Colts. So a lot of people's takeaway of this game is probably going to be Dallas is overrated. Dallas is not overrated. Dallas is one of the best teams in the NFL. They're probably the most talented team in the NFL as we speak right now. Now, some people may disagree with that. Some people may say Kansas City. But if we're looking at Dallas from a talent standpoint, they have a phenomenal offense. They're loaded at wide receiver despite the injury to Michael Gallup. They're loaded at running back. They have Dak Prescott at quarterback who's going to win comeback player of the year. The offensive line is really good. And their defense has two players who are both going to be in the running for defensive player of the year and the rookie linebacker Michael Parsons and second-year cornerback Trayvon Diggs. So this is a talented Dallas Cowboys team. I don't feel like this loss should deter anybody from believing that Dallas can make a legitimate run in the postseason because they most definitely can. It's just the fact that you look at Dallas, they were kind of riding high. They had a lot of momentum. They clobbered Washington on Sunday Night Football, putting a 50-burger up on them. I just felt like when you look at Arizona Cliff Kingsbury, they had their back against the wall, and they were going to have to be able to make some adjustments. And even in this game, if you would have given Dallas a little bit more time, 
they probably could have came back and won this game but Arizona was able to hold on so you have to give a lot of credit to Cliff Kingsbury this was definitely a win that the Arizona Cardinals needed momentum wise regardless of how things turn out next week regardless if they win the division or not this is definitely a big win for them and this is definitely a win that should be able to carry off into momentum going into the playoffs and this is a really dangerous Cardinals team like a lot of people forget about how dangerous this Cardinals team is like this Dallas Cowboys team is really good but this Arizona Cardinals team is also really good as well like I told people this is a physical football team this is a team that is not finished they can punch you in the mouth if they need to and they were able to do that to Dallas Dallas wasn't able to have success on the ground they have to throw the football to get back into the game this is when the Arizona Cardinals are at their best so you look at Arizona moving forward they're going to play the Seattle Seahawks who recently just destroyed the Detroit Lions I don't know if they're going to win that game or not. That could be a tricky game because it doesn't look like Seattle is just going to give up even though their season is pretty much over. But at the same time, it definitely is a game that Arizona should win. Meanwhile, you're going to have the Dallas Cowboys who are going to be playing the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if Dallas is going to rest their starters or not. I guess it depends on if the Green Bay Packers are able to beat the Minnesota Vikings or not. But depending on how things go, this is definitely a big win for the Arizona Cardinals that's going to be monumentous for them going into the playoffs now the question moving forward is going to be how good is Cliff Kingsbury going to be when it comes to making adjustments because that seems to kind of be the big weak spot of Cliff Kingsbury like he's good when it comes to starting off the race he always starts to race out in front he always starts to race out in first place but then when he has a couple of drivers that start to lap him and start to kind of push him a little bit back the line he kind of struggles when it comes to making adjustments so for Cliff Kingsbury what adjustments is he going to continue to make to this offense okay what adjustments are they going to continue to make on defense because that's what it's all about in the NFL once you get into the playoffs it's not about talent anymore because every single team that you play in the playoffs from this point forward is just going to be just as talented as you and the playoffs is about strategy just as much as it's about talent okay like you have the most talented team in the playoffs and still lose in the first round because you have to be able to make adjustments the playoffs is the ultimate test of how good your head coaching gets when it comes to making adjustments on the fly what happens when your team is down 14-0 earlier on what happens after halftime are you going to come off the same game plan are you going to continue to stick with what works or are you going to try to make some adjustments are you going to try to make some wrinkles into the game plan that's something that um, Cliff Kingsbury has to be able to do if Arizona is going to be able to make a legitimate playoff run now for Mike McCarthy and Dallas a lot of people are calling Mike McCarthy overrated like I was just going back and forth with my guy the juice alert he was saying that Mike McCarthy has been average this year Mike McCarthy has been a pretty good coach because he doesn't really have to do anything all he really has to do is kind of be the CEO he doesn't have to call the plays doesn't have to call anything on defense Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore have been very good coordinators in their own rights Kellen Moore is probably going to get a couple of interviews for opening head coaching vacancies Dan Dan Quinn was already a target for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he turned out an interview with them. So the fact that both Kellen Moore 
and Dan Quinn are receiving, you know, calls for interviews for head coaching vacancies, tells you everything you need to know about how good of a staff that Matt McCarthy has assembled. The thing is, it's going to come down to clock management and, you know, game situations for Mike McCarthy. So, Everybody's going to say the Dallas Cowboys is going to be overrated after this loss. But the way I view it, I still feel like Dallas is one of the best teams in the league. I feel like they are a incredibly dangerous team going into the playoffs. And if I was someone who had to face the Dallas Cowboys potentially in the first round, it would be something that kind of would worry me because this is a very talented football team. But I don't want anybody to take anything away from the Dallas Cowboys. It still is a very good team. It's just the fact that they played a really good Arizona Cardinals team that had their backs against the walls. They had to find a way to win this game, and they did that. They kind of find a way to get back into the flow of things and how they were winning earlier this year which is being able to slow down your rushing attack and being able to be a and being able to be a physical football team and that's where Arizona was in this game and that was a large reason why they were able to pull off the upset against the Dallas Cowboys I alluded to this earlier okay Arizona still is a very good football team I'm not writing them off I'm just looking for them to get back to their identity which is being a really good team at the point of attack on the line of scrimmage and that's what they were in this game they're really good at slowing down the rushing attack of Dallas and it also helps the fact that they got out to such a big lead early which forced Dallas to have to throw the football to get back into this game but their defense also did a very good job at getting Dallas off the field in third down situations so this was an overall very good game from Arizona both on the defensive end and offensively and you guys let me know how you guys feel about the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. Make sure that you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform. All you got to do is type in the JT Sports Podcast on any podcasting platform that you utilize. It should pop up. Or you can go down to the link down in the description and it should take you to the JT Sports Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Make sure that you guys go ahead, share, and leave a five-star review. And I'll see you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.